All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We just watched the Formula One opening race of the season in Bahrain. Max Verstappen wins, but the headline is 41-year-old Alonzo on the podium. Wow. This is John Massagill, and I am joined in the studio here in Austin, Texas, by my friend Jonathan Green. Mr. Green, how are you, sir? Well, you know, on the lead-up to this, we shouldn't be surprised that Alonso's on the on the podium because on Saturday morning we were talking about a potential, uh, you know, pole position. He topped two of the free practices. Uh, we knew that Stroll was injured, and that was a brilliant uh, effort by him. Uh, and they're now second in the championship by my, my, my adding up. I think you're probably right. We also have on the show Bob Varsha over Zoom. Mr. Varsha, what would you think? Well, I think it was... <laughs> it was bittersweet for fans of Formula One. Obviously, Red Bull have a leg up on the field. Uh, they were just dominant in every possible way, although I don't think they picked up the uh, point for, for fastest lap. But uh, other than that, just a perfect performance. Um, and on the other hand, we saw some bitter disappointment from teams like Haas and McLaren Mm. And Ferrari. I mean, you know, it 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 looked like the same old Ferrari we saw last year. Mechanical problems, electronic problems, dicey pit decisions. You know, why they didn't manage to get science on fresher tires late in the race, I don't know, because he was simply fighting a, uh, a retreating action uh, against uh, the rest of the field. It was sad, but we saw just a fantastic battle. Alonzo voted driver of the race, rightly so. Great battles. I think Aston Martin has never gotten as much TV time, and that's all down to Alonzo with his slashing moves and closing down the cars ahead of him. Uh, I'll reiterate what they said on the broadcast for Aston Martin to get up there, beat the Ferraris, beat the Mercedes. Um, that's <laughs> pretty astonishing stuff. Uh, well, I, I wasn't sure Haas was even in this race. I don't think they showed him on the television until about five laps to go. Uh, Jonathan, you commented that MoneyGram's not probably not excited about that, but uh... <laughs> not really. I, I, my comment, you know, the, the commentators said how ominous uh, this was, and that really is the right word because mm -hmm. you know uh, it was a one-two that we've seen many times before. But this is a new season. Um, they didn't come great out of testing. They weren't a hundred percent happy with the car, but they just annihilated the competition um, by a country mile at one point. I think it was like after four laps, I turned around and said, is he really four seconds ahead already? Yeah. You know, and, and then the gap was at like 40 ridiculous. seconds at one point, maybe. Yeah. In fact, it was more than that because that was the gap from Perez to third. So it was, I don't know, close to a minute at one point. Yeah, you, you, there used to be an ad, uh, uh, and I don't know if it was in this country, but there used to be an ad that said that the future was bright, the future is orange. It was a telephone company, and, and unfortunately, I think the future is orange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, orange for Holland uh, and Verstappen. But I mean, Perez also drove very well. I mean, they're bulletproof. I mean, you see Ferrari break down again. You see Mercedes, yep. um, obviously, you know, admitting before the race even started that they weren't going to be in the, the running. I actually thought they did better than they were. They they thought they would do actually, hmm. um, both Hamilton and Russell. Um, but the, yeah. the facts remain the same. They've been beaten by a customer team. We are also have on the show Dave O'Neill, who's just joined us, former Haas F1 team manager. Hey, Dave, how are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Um, nice start to the season, I guess, um, in, in certain areas and for certain teams. I think the, um, you know, not a bad race all in all. I, I think that um, 
my opinion should have been that Ferrari should have showed their hand yesterday rather than waiting to try and be clever today um, ah. with the tyre strategy. Yeah. Um, we have um, we have some interesting stuff going on there. I mean, we talked about the Haas. Um, it was quick over one lap, but obviously just didn't have the uh, the race pace. Unf- unfortunately, there's 57. <laughs> hey, Dave. Um, yes. I was just going to ask you, do you... Uh, had you been uh, on the team radio to Alonso, would you have also been silent on the fact that that it was Stroll that hit him? He, I don't think he knew till after the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he knew exactly what happened there. He's just um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he knows who's boss, you know. And and again, uh, he he knows who's boss during the race, but he showed who was boss at the end there. Um, he he got it done and um, faultless, absolute faultless drive from. Alonso, you know, he two or three occasions he had the the car so close, probably touching, rubbing, whatever, but so close. Um, right. And for to have that skill set at forty one, um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's showing he's showing people different things, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it this year, which would be fantastic. Dave, Dave, let me ask you a question. If you sort of look at it on paper now, or you know, as you look from the ten thousand meter rule. Is this a flash in the pan for Aston Martin or, 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 or are they genuinely going to challenge both Mercedes and Ferrari for, for the rest of the season? Well, I think they, I don't think it's a flash in the pan, um, just to answer quickly. But the, um, I think, you know, this surface is a very tricky surface you've seen in Bahrain. Um, mm. It's not great for the tyres, so there's a huge amount of, um, of strategy required there. Um, and also, you know, someone like Alonso, can look after that rubber um, and nurse it all the way through the race, being able to give himself um, and the team the opportunity to make those moves that he did. So um, I don't think so. I don't, you know, who knows? I hope I hope they put a win up um, over the course of the season, but they're definitely going to be um, in the top Reset. six, I think, for, for the remainder of the year. Looks good. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one of the things that struck me was Alonso's, unflagging aggression throughout the race i mean when he finally got by you know lewis hamilton it was all right let's go i mean he sounded like tom brady on the sidelines with the buccaneers <laughs> uh and, and then he got uh, i don't remember who it was uh science i guess when he got by to you get the podium position he got out of the radio said i got him uh you know that's that's a guy who is not 41 years of experience old that is a guy who is just has this boundless enthusiasm for what he's doing and to to pile on to what dave just said the fact that he he was able to keep the car and the tires under him despite all those flashing moves you know we often hear when guys are battling wheel to wheel or one behind the other that you know he's going to take all the life and energy out of his tires alonzo seemed to have all the tire he need no matter how hard he pushed him so i agree with dave i think this is uh this is not a one-off uh, aston martin's the real deal uh, let's see if we've got Chris Medlin out in Bahrain. Looks like his mic is unmuted. Mr. Medlin, uh, what's going on out there? It's just starting to settle down after the podium here, chaps. Some more fireworks went off after that because I don't think we got enough at the end of the race. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, finally starting to quieten down. I wanted just to agree there um, with both sets of comments because don't forget, I think we mentioned it on yesterday's qualifying show, so... Everyone needs to just tune in for that next week or the week after. Um, but this Aston is 95% new. This is one of the most changed cars on the grid. So 
they surely have more learning to do, more potential in there. I think Alonso himself posted that last night on his Instagram saying plenty more potential to come from this car. So while Red Bull say they evolved their car and have kind of nailed it, essentially, uh, and that's why they look so strong in, in testing, because they knew a lot about it from last year, Aston is still learning about this car. I think there's, there's more progress to be made, you know, just from setup and getting data with it. So, yeah, I think to start at this point, uh, it's only going to get better for them. Wow, that's it's really crazy to think about. I mean, and it's such a monumental achievement, guys, to break into the top three with a team, with a car that's 95% new. I mean, they, they got everything right to, to be able to do this. A lot of new personnel. You know, they, they started from scratch. People have to get to know each other, get their work habits down. They're building a new factory. I mean, everything is going on and changing in Aston Martin's world, and yet they've come up with a car this good yeah. All right, guys. Well, we need to reset the clock. We'll be back after this. Still hot on stream. All right. We're still live on the YouTubes and the Facebooks. Who's on I YouTube? Think the, the, the disappointing bit is um, Leclerc David. not staying in the running to see whether uh, yeah. Alonso could have hunted him down. Yeah. Yeah. And, Dan, question for you. You know, we saw a replay of Leclerc's car dying and him pulling off. Sounded to me like the engine was running just fine. He just wasn't getting power for some reason. And yet the team came back and said it was an engine problem. Does that make sense to you? Sure, George, hang on. Uh, well, not really. I think that there's probably a spin on words there. I think the, um, you know, normally when you do have a, um, you know, catastrophic failure, um, the system. All right, you got um, your phone board up. Has shutdowns in place. So you'd see the dash, you know, go down. But. Um, he definitely still had hydraulic pressure there because he was man- managing to bang the gears. Shifting gears, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it could have been something simple like uh, an input shaft, which comes out of the gearbox um, into the engine through the flywheel. Mm-hmm. Um, that could have snapped. Um, could have been a final drive in inside the box. Um, I'm sure we'll get to find out soon. But Sure. Um, hey, Dave. Smoke or, or steam coming out, so it, it seems strange. Hey, Dave, your, uh, your audio is coming through uh, loud and clear. It's just a tiny bit echo. I don't know if you can maybe move in closer to your, to your laptop or if you've got your earbuds. That's always great, but it's not a big deal. You sound, you sound clear. It's just a little echoey. Okay. Pull a blanket over your head. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. It does work, yes. It does work. The old work. personal sound booth trick. Yes, exactly. I've done it that way, yep. I've voiced features and teases and things like that in the hotel. Hey, and the car is the best place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Bill Rickers says on YouTube, says, listening on XM, uh, most common on Twitter. <laughs> he was on top. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. The show, I was... Uh, we were just commenting during the break about um, some insights from Mr. O'Neill. I thought that was good stuff you were talking about, Dave, about the the possibility of uh, of the mechanical failures. What, what give us a little insight on that? Yeah, it's it's difficult to to see, you know, just from the the pictures there. But you know, the the one thing for sure is there was hydraulic pressure, um, and normally when the engine shuts down properly on the Ferrari, yeah. Um, you lose hydraulic pressure because that, you know, that runs a hydraulic pump. 
Um, but he was managing to, to go down the gears to see if he could bump start the engine in any, any way, get it going again. You know, they're taught a, a few things um, to see if the, you can react and, and get out of the problem. So I think um, for me, it, it seems like there's, um, you know, the drive is missing from the gearbox to the engine. You had a full dash mode on. Um, so it looks like maybe a, you know, maybe a gearbox issue, um, input shaft, final drive, but um, yeah, the, the hydraulic pump was still working, so he could he could downshift, and also the dash was on, which wasn't showing any like horrendous alarms, you know, flashing red, red or yeah. orange lights. So. I think I saw. I, th I think I, I, the one reader I saw was "Here we go again." Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that was a common well, theme know, on Twitter. <laughs> Right. While we're talking about those dashboards, you know, NASCAR is using that uh, driver's eye cam as well. Yeah. But they pixel out all of the information on the dash. Yeah. It's really kind of disappointing. Formula One, hey, look what look what's coming up. Look at the buttons they're hitting. Look at all the, you know, snide remarks that the team and the driver make into each other. So kudos to F1 for uh, for allowing that. We get to see the whole driver picture from that that really cool camera. All right, I have some breaking news. Esteban Ocon has another time penalty in he's been uh, penalized into next week apparently. Yes. <laughs> what, what what the heck? He had a penalty. <laughs> no kidding. He had a 5 second penalty and then he had a 10 second penalty for not serving the 5 second penalty, right? And then he had a 15 second penalty and then I lost track. I have no idea. I don't even know what happened. Did he just give up? What happened? Well, then he came back on the radio and said, "Hey, I always do this. Why are they starting to penalize me <laughs> yeah. now?" I thought, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> not a great argument right no 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 i was uh, guilty back then why am i getting penalized now uh well let me just run down the uh the finishing order here max verstappen um, finished first ahead of his teammate sergio perez then fernando alonso on the podium then carlos Sainz in the, in the other ferrari that did finish lewis hamilton in the fastest mercedes in fifth then lance stroll finishing in sixth george russell valtteri botas pierre gasly and Albon in the Williams finishing 10th in the points. Mm -hmm. And Yuki Tsunoda, Logan Sargent, our American, finishing 12th in his first Good race. on him. Yeah, we'll take yeah, that. Up from 16th. Yep, good yep. job. And, and uh, Kevin Magnussen in 13th in the Haas. And then Nick DeVries, the other rookie. Nico Hulkenberg in the other Haas. Joe Guan Yu. And then the, uh, the, the racers that did not finish, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Charles Leclerc, and Oscar Piastri. Not a great day for McLaren. And Jonathan, I said to you while we were watching the race, the day that they released, they did the car reveal. <laughs> we suck. I think, I think, yeah, that's, that was what I said. I think McLe uh, Zach Brown stepped on the stage and says, you like the car? Well, we're going to suck this year. And they are right so far. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and it, it, it's funny because, as, as you know, I've just come back from New Zealand where McLaren was born. Uh, thanks to Bruce. Um, and it's their 60th anniversary this year. So, you know, they really want to have a good year. It looks as though they're going to have a good year in Indy. Um, but it's going to be a struggle in Formula One. And, and I think we're starting to see just how good Norris was of overdriving the car last year uh, and why Ricardo's demise was was on the cards because the car's just not there. Yeah. Uh, I want to check yeah, with... I want to check with Chris Medlin and see if he is going to be able to get out towards some interviews and see if he's still with us. His mic is still muted, so he may be. Oh, I'm just, I'm just fighting with Ted. Don't worry. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm you got a 15 be, second uh, penalty for talking to Toto. <laughs> You're okay. You're okay. Uh, so what's happening out there, Chris? 
Well, at the moment, uh, Fred Vasseur has just shown up to speak to some of the media, um, and I'll keep my voice down so I don't get on his interview, uh, to explain what happened to Ferrari. So, a uh, big question, obviously, as you guys were just looking at, is what happened with Charles. Um, but obviously, as well, just the, the lack of pace. It's 48 seconds, the gap to Verstappen oh. from Sainz. So, we're going to put that to him in a bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm about third or fourth in queue on that front. Chris, to make, sure, make sure he doesn't get away from us. On that subject, there was obviously a lot of rumblings at Ferrari way into last year when it started to go horribly wrong and the Todd squad, as it were, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the sort of uh, murmurings behind the scenes were to get rid of Bonotto. Is, uh, is it, uh, do you feel that, forget what happened with one of the cars today, do you feel that Ferrari is settling down now into a new era? I think it's too early to say, to be honest. I, I'd love to yeah. say yes. Yeah. But you've got to look at, at the history of the team and kind of, how things have gone, and, and it's just ruthless. Uh, you know, it, nice guys don't seem to last there very long. <laughs> Nobody lasts there very long if they're not winning. So, no, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say a bit too early to say. I think there's a lot of goodwill around it, um, but whether that actually goes anywhere, we'll have to, have to wait and see. But um, it's going to be tough for anyone, really. I mean, you know, Mercedes, we've heard Toto speak very bluntly recently uh, about what they need to do because they're just not a Red Bull's level. And I think unless you're after Martin... The other two big teams, the pressure's already on because of that gap. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I, I, uh, you and I were talking about how um, uh, Alonso was just, he just looked like he did everything right today. He had a couple of little wiggles. But I think that's just because he was pushing on the very edge the entire time there. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, you forget, uh, and, and Bob will back me up here. Well, anybody can back me up. But, I mean, you know, when Alonso bounced onto the scene 22 years ago, this was the sort of driving we saw from him then. He was like, everybody was like, oh, he's very young and aggressive. Um, <laughs> and yet, here he is at 41. And, it, and those passes today on Hamilton, you know, one of the best in the business, he yeah. just, he was racing like a 21-year-old today. Yeah, I mean, it just reminded me of his early Benetton days. It really did. Mm. Uh, yeah, now everybody's going to be watching to see how long does this last? What yeah. happens when this stuff hits the fan the first time at Aston Martin? And, you know, good on him. He drove brilliantly. Uh, he's an inspiration. The team has done a spectacular job of, of putting a race car under him. And hopefully Lance Stroll with two good hands will be able to uh, to back him up well, and Aston Martin will be a, a factor, you know, uh, and a threat to the big three of Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. So, you know, uh, let's get it on. But I think the jury has to stay out on Alonso because of the reputation he's built up over the years as being kind of a, you know, it's a strong word, but a bit of a cancer in just about every team he's been in from time to time because mm. of uh, because of that aggression, I think, in large part. You well, know, he he and wants also, it right and he wants it now. Yeah, and also, if it's not going right, he tends to start working with inside the team to get it his way. Yeah. And I, I did worry how this relationship... It seems to me like Lawrence Stroll uh, brought Vettel in and now has brought Alonso in to effectively move his son forward and make him a better driver, which it will do. Um, yeah. you know, there's no be better comparison than to a four-time or a two-time world champion. And and I do think that Lance Stroll is becoming the more complete package, in the almost in the in the background. Um, while while Aston Martin are having yeah. this facelift, as it were. Yeah, he's going to be in the background. Alonso's <laughs> in the foreground. But yeah, I want to ask Dave O'Neill a question because you brought this up while we were watching the race, Jonathan, as about about Aston Martin's really good pit stops. Yeah, I mean, we Bob said, look, they got all new personnel, but that we're talking maybe back office, but. 
But Dave, I'm pretty impressive that they can be, uh, you know, at the top of the game here now and looking good in the pit stops too. How do you how do you make sure you're 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 at the top of the game in that department? Well, I think a lot's changed, you know, and money has certainly helped when it comes to equipment. So, you know, the the latter part of the grid, you wouldn't necessarily have a car with a you know a go kart engine in that you could drive around the the car park or in and out of the factory to do pit stops. Um, and then of course, the other thing is making time to do it. You know, one of the things, even at the top levels of F1 is putting the time in and keeping it. So winter testing in particular. So you, you'd have, you'd have testing in the factory at four o'clock, four o'clock every day. So pit stop practice, everyone gathers, gathers around, you push the car in, you go through the motions. And of course, you can only get to a certain level at that point, you know, so when the car comes in hot, um, the, the nose is broken, you know, every, every stop with that isn't the same as just pushing it in and changing the tires um, is, is something that you haven't experienced before. It might look the same, like the nose is hanging off, but there's a bit that's broken on the brake duct or, you know, the fixing's damaged because it's got too much load on it because it's been banging on the curb and stuff like that. So what they have done is they've allocated time during winter testing to do hot stops. So the team has been ready. Car comes in every time without fail and they'll do a hot stop. And this has kind of elevated the team in the experience they've been, been given all the way around. And also there's quite a few, few um, you know, members of staff that have been moved around. You can normally tell, you know, if we put all of us together to do a pit stop, I could get all of you to do the gun you know, for four or five goes, and I'd say, okay, well, you know, Chris, you're probably uh, more agile, um, and you can what bend you, over you, a bit. Whoa, 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 whoa! What are you whoa. saying here? Whoa! <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. Hang, hang, hang on, there, O'Neill. <laughs> just because, just because. Not as old as those other guys. <laughs> the other guys, yeah. So you can, you know, in and what normally happens is it stays as it is, but. If you have someone in the team who's, you know, they're doing more exercises with the staff um, or agile, you know, there's more equipment there. There's more money to buy better equipment. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think our long, long answer to the story is there's um, they put effort in and the effort's paying off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, it's crazy to say that that they are second in the points right now. That is just mind blowing right now. Uh, what else from our notes, guys? I had lots of good stuff here. Alonzo, I put in my notes. Uh, Alonzo is actually older than our producer, Casey. I put that in my notes. Wow. <laughs> but he's not as quick. <laughs> he's not as quick. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Or okay. as rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one guy or as funny. About it, I think let's, uh, let's give a shout out to Pierre Gasly. I mean, yeah. making up 11 positions in that race. Otmar Safnauer with Alpine told us before the race you know hopefully his poor qualifying was a one-off let's let's see what kind of race pace he's got and boy gasly with those penalty points and a potential race banishment hanging over his head went out there and fought his way up into the points kudos that that really shows doesn't it that how tight this midfield is that the alpine that was on the back row was the one that scored the points. And the one that was starting in the top 10 was the one that mm-hmm. had an absolute shocker and ended up retiring after a bunch of penalties. Like, yeah. it just doesn't matter where you start. If you, the cars are all so competitive. Everyone mm-hmm. can have uh, their eyes on some points. Very yeah. true. Crazy. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, what'd y'all think about George Russell's race today? 
Um, um, not spectacular, but not, you know, um, not a surprise. I actually, to be honest, after listening to Toto's interview with Chris at the start, you'd think it was they were going to finish last the way he was talking, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was as bad as he made out. What about the little battle there that he had with Lance Stroll? Good. Yeah. No, I mean... Yeah. I, 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 I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Mercedes are a foregone conclusion uh, yet. Yeah, you, you no, mean no, like Total Wolf did? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Little gamesmanship there, perhaps. But uh, one thing about Russell, I think he was complaining about his tires dying, and they left him out there for two or three laps. Um, I think before he was finally passed, and uh, and then he pitted for tires. So you know, Russell, I thought was going to do better. I think he could have done better, and I think uh, I think the tire strategy was one of the things that that hampered his race just that little bit. He had the fast lap of the race for quite a long period there while he was trying to run down Alonso, um, and uh, I think uh, I think he, there was more there than than he and the team produced at Mercedes. Uh, hey, Chris, we need to take a break, but I don't want to do that if you're about to get with Frederick Vasseur. You're all good. Uh, Italian TV takes precedent, and then uh, we'll be a little while till I can get to him. So do not worry on that front. I'm stalking some drivers, but uh, we're all good for a break. Okay, well, let's go to a break, and when we come back, we'll see what Chris's stalking has produced. You listen to Speed City for him. for him after the break. Yeah, there we go. All right, we'll be right back after this. I don't know if Chris is still on, but it'd be interesting to see. Still, li- we're live on the stream, and we got a bunch of cool comments here. Uh, Judas says, Alonzo is the goat. And then he says, follows that up with, Bob Varsha is the broadcasting goat. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> Check is in the mail. Andy, Andy P says, love y'all sharing the tricks of the trade during the breaks. Uh, and, and then he says, Logan Sargent, easily the best thing I saw today. Love that. Good. Well, that's one man I'm stalking right now. I'm going to see if I can get Logan yeah. when he leaves the, cool. uh, the print pen. Wish we'd, uh, wish we'd seen more of him during the race. Yeah, it was a bit of a quiet one, wasn't it, for him? Kind of yeah. just solidly well, doing his job, making no mistakes, which is a good thing. Um, Alonzo and... sucked all the air out of the room on the broadcast. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But... Um, uh, his teammate as well, Alex Albon, did a very good job holding on for that final point. Like, speaking yes. to the Albon camp, A, they were impressed with Logan's pace uh, coming into this weekend, but B, they were a bit worried that they were yeah, not not blessed with a car quick enough to really score points um, very regularly at all. So to get them under his belt straight away was uh, was very, very good. Yeah. I'm curious as to why there is no branding on the side pods of the, the Williams. It's a very bare race car. That's I don't know if that's more... Yeah, all I saw was the word Stevens, whichever that is. Yeah, and Duracell, but I mean, yeah. do they not have the sponsors, or were they worried about the sponsor logos weighing too much, or whatever it might be? Mm. Uh, Williams looks like they need a little financial help. Another comment well, on another comment this is going to be just a bit of a, a kind of view of it from what I understand, well, not understand, but have put together from some stuff. Waiting on that golf deal to get finalized, I think they were keeping their options open in case golf would. Uh, invest heavily and ah, maybe even change delivery. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly go big. So they were they had their options open on that front, I think. But I'll admit I don't gotcha. have that on. I don't have that confirmed. Right. Here we go. Hi guys, this is Craig Astley, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. The Speed City F1 post race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. 
Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Thank you for CrowdStrike for joining us for 2023. Fantastic sponsor. Great to have them back with us. Hey, you were saying something about George Kurtz when we were trying to get out of the break earlier. Uh, the CEO of CrowdStrike. He's a race car driver. Bob, what were you saying about him? I think he won the mm. first race for uh, the GT America Championship in um, St. Pete, yeah. Pete this weekend. Cool. And yeah, he's on it. Is he still in that Mercedes it. GT? I believe so. Yeah. I won't see those guys until later this year, but... Uh, is Chris still on the line? Somebody... He's muted. There he is. Okay. I am on the line because I'm just trying to get Alex Albon to talk more because he's been talking for ages. But, Alex, <laughs> a point to start the season. I mean, did you see that coming when uh, we first came out here? No. Um, I was really disappointed when I lost the position to Pierre because I thought that was... I thought I was already in intent, so I, I thought I was in eleventh, and I was like, "Oh God, let the team down here." And then they said, "Oh, you're in tenth now." I was like, "Oh, a bit of a rejuvenated energy to hold off Yuki." Um, but it was really good when you look at our strategic analysis comparison pace coming into this weekend. We were we were tenth quickest. There's no secret about that, and we we did a great job to 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 make it work. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, truthfully. We've still got work to do. We know our limitations. We know there's short-term progress we can do. So to still score points, you know, I've said it a few times now, but the Aston, of course, is they've done a, they've done an amazing job. They're on the podium. It grabs the headlines. But if you look at our improvement, you know, we've we we are second best. We've we've done a mega job from 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 last year, and and here we are. You know, we're in a, we're in a better fighting position. We still need. A couple more tents to be in the midfield, but I'm uh, I'm super happy. Well, uh, you're live on uh, radio across North America, so it'd be remiss of me not to ask about your. Told me that, so in case I swore or something. <laughs> yeah, well, it's <laughs> remiss of me not to ask about your teammate Logan, uh, solid runner twelfth as well. What's it been like working with him? How do you think he's done for his debut? Very good. He's he's naturally quick. I've, se I've seen it from last year, from his time in F2, um, his pole positions, and just his general pace. So. Uh, yeah, it was to be almost to me. It was to be expected, but obviously, maybe to everyone else, it wasn't to be seen. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's great because also we're we're fighting the same things. We're talking the same comments. Of course, he doesn't have the experience of myself, but he has the right language and the right attitude. Where you know, when we when we need stuff changed, factory, aero, whatever it may be. You know we're pushing the same things so it's pretty clear to everyone back and grow what we need um and yeah you know it's uh i'm sure it's the start of a, a good relationship and he definitely keeps me on my toes <laughs> yeah it looks like he'll do that but you dealt with that very well today great work there he is there we go excellent stuff. In the other direction now but that's uh cool. that's a, a very happy uh alex Albon. big smile on his face and just to let you know most formula one drivers are very short there was a period in that interview where I was walking down the paddock on a raised curb just because it's so busy, and it got me to Alex's height. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he's, he he's is. a tall guy in there. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, that's the most positive words I've heard about Williams in two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think we would not miss that story, but it wouldn't be a headline story just how well Williams did um, today compared to the last two years. And Alban's the perfect guy to judge that. Yeah. What did he say, Chris, when you told him he was live on radio across North yeah, he America? He didn't want to swear. 
Oh, yeah, he said I could have could have let him know because he didn't want to swear. But uh, that's the thing, to be fair to these drivers, is that they are doing interviews all the time. Uh, they're kind of running from microphone to microphone, or he'd just done, uh, I think it was on Sky TV, and was like, right, I can finally walk to the other end of the paddock and see my team. And I suddenly appear with another mic to stick in his face. So they don't, half the time, I don't think they look. They're just kind of ask the questions and I'll give the answers. It's, it's, it's a big, tough part of the job for them. But uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, more than willing to do so with a smile on his face. Unlike, I will let you know, Lando Norris, who a little bit earlier, I did try and catch his eye. And he, I've not seen anyone move so quickly without running um, with a fake <laughs> smile on their face. I mean, what a rough day for him. I'm going to top up the air in that car uh, yeah. every yeah. seven or eight laps, six pit stops. Uh, sometimes it was quick when it was on track, but just, yeah, awful, yeah. awful hey. day in terms of uh, not getting any clear running. Hey, Chris, we got a caller on the line. I'm going to get him in, but if you get somebody, just interrupt all of us. But we got George, who's been hanging on the line since we went live. George in Virginia. Hey, George, how are you, buddy? Hey, gentlemen. First, um, happy 2023 season, and you guys do a great, great job. It, this is my go-to F1 hub, period. Ah. Good man. Uh, Thanks, George. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, um, you know, enough is going to be talked about the front because something tells me this is becoming early 2000 Ferrari shoemaker, shoe, um, shoemaker. You know, it's just total dominance. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But let me let me say here, to be honest. So sorry to interrupt, especially a caller, but we've got an American live Hang on, on the George. show, and it's other than Logan Sargent. Logan, your debut is done. And it looked from the outside to be a very solid run to 12. How did it feel from the inside of the car? Definitely an awesome day. Uh, loved every second of it. Loved the on-track battles. Um, you know, I think everything operationally from starts to pit stops to, uh, to um, just even just maintaining race pace was, was absolutely mega. Um, you know, had some good overtakes there. Uh, first lap was, was awesome and uh, loved every second of it. Proud of the team. Great job this weekend. And Alex picked up the first point of the year. Well, I've just spoken to Alex, and he was very complimentary about your pace, but he said he knew you were going to be quick. Maybe not everyone watching F1 were ready for it and would have seen it today. But we didn't get to see a lot of you on track because of other battles. What was your highlight? What's the moment we should be looking for when we see the highlights? Oh, well, the first lap was very good for both of us, to be honest. We we both had great starts. Um, I'm tr- I struggle to remember. I, I remember there was a good battle there with uh, with Nick and with Zoo there at uh, the end, so... That was that was really fun. Um, but to be honest, I fell into a bit of a more lonely race in the middle. But that's all right. I'm, I'm just super proud of what we achieved this weekend as a team. Well, I can tell everyone listening that Logan's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> um, but I bet you're tired after this weekend as well. So we could hear that smile. Confidence heading into the rest of the rest of the season. To be honest, I, I knew everything you know we did today was possible if we were able to to find the pace in the car. And um, I just really showed myself that I can, you know, perform at a high level against these, against, you know, the, the, the top guys in the, of the sport. And, um, you know, I, I still expect difficulties along the way. I know we're going to a few tracks that are extremely difficult, uh, tracks I don't know that well. So I'm going to have to, you know, stay on top of my game, um, you know, keep prepping to the best of my ability and, um, you know, just, just keep improving as a driver. Well, I'll let you get back to your team, but well done today. Thanks for your time, Logan. Wow. You know what? That, that, I love what he said about that because <clears> – <throat> You know, he he was a little bit you know, there were some questions whether oh, is he just he's just there because he's an American. You know, I know he had a good resume, but there was definitely a, few, a hole or two. But the fact that he said 
I'm performing at a high level with the rest of everyone. In other words, I belong here, is mm-hmm. what he was saying. Oh, absolutely. There wasn't mm-hmm. a case of new boy in, oh, it was all coming at me. No. He, like I said at the beginning of the show, I, he, it was like he was born into for this. And, and he's, yeah. he's taking to it, uh, as you'd hope uh, a rookie would, because it is such a leap. Uh, and there is only 20 guys in the world that could do it or get the chance to do it. Uh, and to be able to just walk in there and, like he says, operational, you know, all of yeah. those stuff. Let's get back to George, though. Yeah. Hey, George. We, yeah, exactly. Sorry, George. We didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. No problem. It's always good to make room for American on the grid. Uh, <laughs> I will all, please just, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see. But um, I know it's early, but let's discuss McLaren and Haas. What happened? It was testing. Did they actually do a test or they just kind of, you know, I mean, it's, please explain to me. And I've been following F1 since the 70s. There's no improvement. And they have money, even Haas and the regulations. Please explain, gentlemen, why the results aren't showing. <laughs> right, let's go to Bob. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Well, you know, I, I was like, I know all that one. <laughs> I'll give you a one word answer. Go Mercedes. On. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there's a team that won eight championships uh, or seven, I should say, in the uh, constructors category. They've got all the money in the world. They've got all the technology in the world. And yet they came up with, by their standards, a mediocre car that yeah. can happen. I'm mm-hmm. sure Dave O'Neill can add to this. You you make decisions. You go down a certain path with technology. And, um, you know, sometimes you miss the bullseye and the clock just will not lie. Yeah. And I think I would add to that, George. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing now in modern Formula One, a lack of testing three days in Bahrain. That was all. Usually, remember, you have two preseason tests and, and it used to be back in the day that you'd have a lot more. So they're rolling out of Abu Dhabi, you know, at the end of November, December. And, you know, that if they haven't already got the, the basics of a good car for the following year, by the time they get to Abu Dhabi um, for, for the last year, then, as you can see, that, that McLaren are going to be chasing it. Uh, there was a good uh, interview with Zach Brown on Sky where he said, you know, when are you going to have some upgrades? And he said, in a few races time. And, and that's the reality is that, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in the Middle East to start it all off. You're nowhere near your own factory. If things aren't 100%, there's not a lot you can do. And there's still that human factor of being home in your factory and re- rethinking things. Mm. I feel for the uh, North American's biggest McLaren fan, fan, Andy P., who's a big fan of the show. We'll see how he's doing. Hopefully he's not crying in his, uh, crying in his milk. Hey, Chris, I hear your mic light up. What's going on? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just hovering, but I'm not sure if I'm hovering at a good time or a bad time. Uh, I'm going to see if Lance is up for talking, but he's been doing a lot of interviews and signing autographs with a broken wrist as well. Uh, <laughs> Lance, I'll keep it short for you. Oh, you got a smile on his face for that one. I mean, how's it feeling, first of all, after a race distance? Yeah, not amazing, but feels all right after some good points. So, I mean, I've got to say, I was watching that into the final five laps. You're chasing down Lewis Hamilton. You're doing lap times quicker than a Mercedes and a Ferrari in front of that. Having not even tested this car, let alone with the injury, I mean, how did you do it? Just grinding it out. Um, you know, it was uh, it was great to drive the car today. It had a you know uh, great balance, and um, you know we were really good on the tires. So, yeah, great day for the team. 
Big heart and mouth moment, though, at the start, wasn't that on the first lap? <laughs> yeah, man, that was a big bullet dodged. <laughs> I mean, how tricky was that to handle? Because I think I saw your left hand had to come off the wheel to get that. It wasn't fun on my wrist, uh, but yeah, it took a couple laps and then it pain came down and I was okay. <laughs> well, just finally then, what's the plan now for the next couple of weeks? What More rehab? I mean, how strong do you hope to get it by the time we get to Jeddah? Yeah, it should be much better in Jeddah, so that's the plan. Okay, well, good luck with that and well done today. Big bullet dodged. By yeah, that's a guy, like, the line of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. kidding, is he? Crikey. <laughs> yeah, how how many implications of that bullet? Not just hitting your teammate, but hitting Alonzo and having your dad as the team owner. Oh, lots of bullets dodged there. Hey guys, we got uh, we we got to squeeze in a break here, so let's do that. And when we come back, we'll continue to break down the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix after this. By the way, when and. Uh, when Logan Sargent was talking, he, some, Chris something, said something about his big smile. I could hear that smile. Oh, you could hear it, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because I've interviewed him, but you could hear it. Oh, no, no. Well, because he's quite a straight-laced guy, yeah. isn't he? he? Yeah, You know. Yeah. I just got my notification about IndyCar going on. What about it? Yeah. They just they should they got... be up and running right now. Yeah, um, I yeah, heard you saying that uh, on Sky that a lot of fans were very happy because the Bahrain GP ended and they were like, eh, not a great race. And they were straight into the IndyCar. Yeah, and no like, kidding. Okay, this might be better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Grosjean on pole. What could go wrong? I know, with Grosjean. Yeah, did, and uh, what was it? Andretti. Yeah, the Andretti team had another. Who was right behind him? Um, uh, they had a one-two. Col- uh, uh, Colton Herter? Colton Herter, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How, how long's our break, guys, by the way? Because I can get the next. Two... Hey, did you did One you get Mike Crack, by the way? Not yet. I've dropped a message. I've seen him do an interview or two. Uh, I'm going to run back down there, but I was chasing drivers back up and down the grid. What and... paddock should I say? Don't even know where I am. NDP replied. He says, don't worry, guys. I'm okay. <laughs> like, he's just really seriously. <laughs> he says, he's just a little papaya. I've seen some bad weekends before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he said something about suicide watch after all. He said, "Tune into his podcast to hear." I forgot the name of his podcast. Well, he'll uh, put out, it out, he'll... Lap, out lap, out lap, out lap, podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right, Andy. Just, just checking what's left on the break. About thirty seconds. Perfect. Less than thirty. Fine. Hell of a job, Chris. Keep stuff. going, mate. Uh, it's it's all about the timing. Sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick a microphone in if we can't do an introduction. <laughs> Elbows out. Me. Yeah, I hear you giggling back there, Dave. I think you should sit down with Sky's. You know. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yeah. You know, I, I just heard her do an intro to the uh, the um, the podcast for BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? Uh, check a flag. Uh, check a flag. And she sounded pretty check good. Yeah, she sounded pretty mm-hmm. good. So, Chris, what's going on? You hovering still? Oh, I am. I'm properly, I'm properly ready to pounce now. Uh, Fred Vasseur is just finishing up uh, yet another TV interview. I'm going to get a fake camera and just carry <laughs> around with me so people think I've got, I'm on TV. Um, and then I believe we are going to be in, which might be right now. It is right now. Fred's coming over. He's so excited to speak to us because <laughs> uh, he's not been doing many interviews. Uh, at least I've made him laugh. Fred, uh, let's start with, we'll start with the negative and move forward. So can you tell us what happened with Charles' car? Uh, we had uh, an issue on the PU side. I think it's coming from the electrical uh, side of the PU, but we don't know yet. And did that feel like a, a comfortable podium? Do you think you have Alonso covered off with his car? Uh, it's never comfortable, but I think he yeah, would have been able to manage Alonso. 
Well, based on that, then the pace you saw from from Charles and from Carlos at times during this race, how do you kind of view how the Grand Prix went? Is it about what you're expecting, or any disappointment there? No, it's uh, only after race one that you have a you can have a clear picture about the situation. That uh, on some aspect we are, I would say that where we want to be in terms of uh, one lap performance, for example, we are able to match Red Bull in quality, and uh, I would say that we were in a, in a good shape. Uh, where we have to massively improve his reliability uh, and then the degradation, because that uh, even if compared to probably Alonso or Mercedes, we are there, compared to Red Bull, it, uh, it was a bit different. Well, there are items you said you wanted to change here anyway when you came in. You said reliability was one thing. How long does that sort of thing take in a Formula One team? Because nothing happens overnight, does it? No, no, uh, but first we need to understand exactly what's happened today. That, uh, But uh, when I spoke about reliability, it's the global picture that we are too fragile over the weekend with small issues there and there, and we have to fix it clearly if we want to be competitive because that, uh, you can uh, finish one weekend, but if you have uh, too many issues during the weekend that, uh, at, one, at, one t- at one stage, that you will be better. Well, you've seen the final finishing order from this race. Do you set targets now you've seen that? Is it? You know, do you realistically say, okay, championship will be tough? How, what do you do when you react to the first race? No, no, I think it would be a mistake. And I, I said before to the team, before the event, guys, that doesn't matter. That not doesn't matter, but the, the results of uh, Sunday won't be the results of the championship. It means that uh, you experienced it in the past on both ways. That it means that uh, we have to stay focused to draw a conclusion after... Uh, Sunday and to try to do the best to improve the situation for the race too. And then we'll have a 23 to the races to do. But uh, honestly, I think that the most important is to, to stay calm, to do a proper analysis of the situation, to understand where we are weak, because we are weak on some points and uh, we don't have to, to be blind huh? and uh, to push to correct it as soon as possible. Is that gap to Red Bull one you can close? I hope so. I think we all did. Thank you very much, Fred. Thank you, well done. Good stuff. Uh, Anybody besides me, with all due respect to Fred Vasseur, think of uh, Inspector Clouseau when you hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he has bought or rented his rim in Marinello. Rim? (laughs) It's not my rim. That's not my dog. Do I have a what? A what? A hamburger? (laughs) I have to say, though, laughing aside, I do love the way the French talk. The line I picked oh, yeah. up was, we are too fragile over the weekend. I do. That is a great use of language, isn't, isn't it? Because it? it sums uh, yeah, up Ferrari's issue. You're just like me. I love to hear those words. That It's fragile. Fragile. Especially from a woman. Okay. Yes, that's better. You're I right. wouldn't call Fred that, but that's an interesting observation. Oh, no. I, don't, I mean, Fred is fine, but I love the females. Oh, of course. With Absolutely. Oh. All, the, all day long. Hey, right. Well, just just at that moment, I'm going to bring David because I wanted to ask him actually. Though, how damaging is it things that Fred just talked about in terms of you know little details during a race weekend that maybe when we're not paying that much attention in FP2 and you know something stops a long run briefly or uh, there's an issue that means you're not getting great data. How costly can those things be come Sunday afternoon? Very. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're at a disadvantage straight away. You know if you. If you have the runs that you want to get in, whether they're full full tank runs, i.e., you know, the car's full of gas, um, or low low runs, um, if you don't achieve those targets, you can't work out the deg on the tires, you know. So you go through the the three sets of tires that you would use, and you gather all that data and the, 
the numbers need to be crunched at the other end. So it, it is really, you know, even if you go down kind of two or three laps, um, it's a huge disadvantage for uh, the big picture at the end. Mm. Yeah, and uh, David, no, um, former Haas F1 team manager. Yeah, he, he would certainly know that. Uh, you know, I what? think we forget just how long these checklists are and all the things the teams have to figure out. You know, how's the tire working? In what circumstances? With what pressures and cambering settings? And and all these different things in anticipation of what they might be facing during the race. And that's why we always say when it rains, throw everything out the window because that changes everything. I think as well, you know, good point as well, Bob, but the, the other thing is if you look at the, the ambient change, which also um, concurs with the track temperature change, um, there was a 30 degree difference. So as you're practicing, as the sun's going down, um, all your data kind of exponentially, exponentially changes to get your end result, um, which is huge, you know, especially with the teams up the top, it makes more of a difference as well. Um, you can kind of play catch up a little bit down the back end. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think it's difficult for um, Fred to come in and make these huge changes. You know, he only stepped in just before Christmas. Um, mm -hmm. and most of the plans, the way the car's designed, et cetera, is all in full flow um, mm. August of the, of the year you're Good racing. Point. So, you know, yeah. I, we can't, you know, we can't give him his, uh, his room back yet. But, you know, you've got to give him <laughs> at least a year to get his foot, you know, his foot under the carpet. His foot under the, the carpet? <laughs> I think he's, you know, whether he knows much about engines or gearboxes doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think the, the fact is that he is a strategist. Uh, he's very clever. Um, and, you know, once he gets the big ship with the small uh, small rudders <clears> moving um, in the correct direction, I think um, we, we can see some movement there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, he's a real no BS kind of guy, which is good to have. Yeah, and yeah, you can't. Ferrari needs. Yeah, and you can't say that, that you know he could have fixed reliability this quick. So yeah, uh, I had. No, a I think people underestimate Fred because he's kind of joking and laughing and smiling, and you know, I'm. I wouldn't have got Matteo Bonotto last year, for example, to laugh no. um, when I started the interview, but he's steely determination and he is ruthless if he needs to be. So um, it's just different approaches, isn't it? To maybe to the media or to mm -hmm. the outside world, but that doesn't mean that they don't make the tough decisions. Yeah. I had in my notes, my favorite team radio of the day. And that was when uh, Fernando Alonso said and on the cusp of his first podium since 21, he said, this is a lovely car to drive. And you, yeah, it doesn't feel like a GP2 car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you could just tell that he was just already basking in the glow. But he was almost he... laughing at himself in the same line, knowing that he's the one that's been both so vociferous well, yeah. about a dog, dog, dogs of cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plenty of other drivers, I think, were meant to hear that message. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in some way, shape or form. Um, oh, yeah. Someone hey, else. Hey, Chris. Gotta, hang on. This, sorry. No, I've got to, got to uh, get my elbows out, I'm afraid, chaps, because uh, there's someone else who has a very, very nice car. Not to drive. Um, because they're not the one driving it, but I'm about to interrupt them uh, enjoying a coffee, I think. Can't, can't quite see what's in the cup, but they're having a cup of tea. Very British. Um, but, I mean, it's... Uh, what time is it in, in the UK? Half six? It's quite late for a cuppa. Anyway, Christian Horner is who I'm speaking to, and you guys are all getting there. Um, Christian, Celebratory one, cuppa. two. The car looked the class of the field comfortably. I mean, did that just prove out everything you were hoping for today? Well, look, I think it's just been a wonderful team effort. I think every, everybody 
throughout the team has, has contributed to this, and it's great to see. I'm just uh, interrupting uh, Christian while he's trying to, well, congratulate some of the team members who have put in that hard work, you say. The uh, Constructors Trophy. So Rob's been out with us a long time. Uh, you know, he uh, looks after all the electronics track side and um, does a great job. And so, uh, you know, it was great to see him get the trophy today. Well, dare I say it, I think you're going to get to pick a number of team members to pick up the Constructors Trophy based on the pace you showed today compared to everyone else. I mean, how confident are you in, I guess, the car you've built being able to be the class of the field for the season? Because it looked like you had a lot in hand. Well, look, I, I think we biased the race, but, uh, you know, the drivers still did a great job. And the problem is we've only seen a sample of this circuit. None of the cars have run anywhere else. So this worked for us here. Will it be the same in Jeddah or Melbourne? I think we need to wait and see. There's, a, there's an awful lot of racing on an awful lot of different venues. Well, how much did you have to get this car right out of the box? Because we've talked about it towards the end of last year, start of this year, with the cost cap penalty that you'll have limited development. So how crucial was it to get the car strong straight away? It was very important for us to start with a strong basis because then if you're dealing with fundamental issues, we just don't have the development time to be able to uh, react to that. So I think what's really uh, pleasing is to have you know, that, uh, that solid starting point. And a word on Max, I mean, when you come off two championships and then you dominate like that, he must be top of the world right now. Well, look, I think it was a very cool race for Max. He managed it well. He looked after the tyres. The degradation was always going to be an issue here. And, you know, he's, he's becoming a bit of a master of that. So, uh, and both drivers, you know, they both did a great, great job today. And one last question was, I asked you on the grid who your biggest threat was going to be. Didn't look clear for half of that race, to be honest, whether it was Ferrari or Aston Martin or Mercedes. Is that a good or a bad thing for you, having three teams there, but none of them quite nipping at your heels enough? Well, look, they're all going to develop and have their strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's, it's good for Formula One to have more competitive teams. So, so let's see. Well, we do. well done. Thank you very much, Christian. That's, uh, yeah, a very happy Christian Horner, mm. um, as you can imagine. I genuinely thought he was going to have something more exciting in his cup. That's why I started talking about <laughs> it. And uh, it turned out it was a cup of tea. Which a sniff. Mega, wouldn't it? Actually. <laughs> he said uh, it was tea. Brown liquids. <laughs> you, yeah, you didn't get to <laughs> taste it or sniff it. No, I didn't. I didn't. That's I how the British was celebrate this with a cup of tea. We, we moved exactly, to the wine yeah. later. <laughs> uh, boy, you know, oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if he said master or monster when talking about both Max Verstappen, <laughs> but I think either one, right. Yeah, works. it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, what he said reminded me of what Dave O'Neill just said a minute ago when Chris asked him about, you know, starting the season like this. It's like, you know, when you start on the back foot like Ferrari's doing, uh, you, you struggle. Well, here they are, you know, Red Bull starting out of the gate. Great. I, Chris, I was I wanted you to ask him um, what somebody said on our on our YouTube stream said, can, can they win all of the races this year? <laughs> but I think well, that, I'll tell you what, that that would be off the back of maybe. Second, third, fourth, let's go fourth race, Baku. We've got a sprint race there, haven't we? We're going to have had a big gap where teams can develop things. Um, now, McLaren aren't in the mix, but they've already talked about how big their upgrade's going to be uh, for Baku that they think will give them a big step forward. So I think that will be the one where if they've won the first three and they win what can be a completely crazy chaotic race, that's when that question genuinely will come out and be like, is, is that the advantage you've got? Can you target that? Because, I mean, you know, no one's ever done it before. Mm. Chris, I've got a project for you. When you finally sally yes. forth home and get your own cup of tea, um, I want you to head down to Aston Martin. Their smart factory is coming online in May 2023. So we, we used the word ominous about uh, 
Red Bull. Uh, could Aston Martin be tying their current form with the launch of their new factory? I mean, it, it is an, an, another prospect worth thinking about, isn't it? Well, do you know, I've actually been there. I went down there in December uh, to see the progress at the time there, got shown around. Um, and the kind of head of the whole development and the whole um, overseeing the whole construction, basically, as a guy who was brought out to retirement, having overseen the building of lots of other factories, uh, including, I believe, the MTC um, from McLaren. But the big one was he'd even overseen the construction of the original Jordan factory that they're now knocking down. Yeah. And, and that little building pales into insignificance. It's, it's smaller than one of the three buildings that Aston Martin are now building. It's an enormous facility, wow. but very impressive. Something they've done that's it's very uh, functional, but still an impressive setup. So, yeah, I mean, that's all really looking to move them forward. Um, but that's what's so impressive about this car. That's not been developed in that factory yet because it's not finished. All the personnel are still working out of porter cabins and, and the old wow. the old factory at, <laughs> uh, at Jordan. So um, it, it, that's pretty much all on the personnel and kind of their work processes and the wind tunnel, which is the Mercedes wind tunnel they use. Uh, yeah, very, very impressive. And I think there was a little bit of a concern that Aston, when it was Force India and Racing Point, was able to produce cars that seemed even quicker than essentially what they should have been able to with their budget and their personnel. Mm -hmm. And everyone talked about them punching above their weight. It was the opposite uh, last year, wasn't it? They, they had the money and they couldn't do it. But, uh, but this time, yeah, they, they've put it all together and that's before those facilities come online. So, yeah, very, very impressive. But yes, yeah, so, sorry, long story short, I will go back down there and check it out for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to a caller who's been holding for 42 minutes. No! So, yes, ah. We're, we're, we're going to talk to Corvette Mike. But Oh, he's, he's, he's probably done two states in that time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen to Speed City. Back after these messages. All right. We're still So live. sorry to keep Corvette Mike waiting there with my long rant on oh, the That's all right. He's just oh, he's behind, okay. the, behind the wheel of an 18-wheeler, man. He's just cruising along. Yeah, full of Corvettes. Well, is is he going to be willing? Oh, sorry, I was going to say, is he going to be willing to wait for Gunther after the break? Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Cool. Sorry, Dave, gone. Oh, sorry. sorry. I've got a theory on the uh, Aston using the Mercedes wind tunnel. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe they picked one up and uh, yeah, it over by mistake. Could be. I just wonder whether whether Toto is going to be giving out nice customer engines of full power anymore, <laughs> or accidentally running the Aston car in the wind tunnel themselves to see what the yeah. difference is. Uh -huh. They want some side pods. Hey Chris, uh, yeah. I got the uh, I got the CrowdStrike live read when we come back too. So is Gunther? Are you nearby, Gunther? I am. It's what, just wasn't it Aston Martin Tom that was, was accused of uh, copying the Mercedes a few years ago? Yeah, the pink Mercedes. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, that now, now they go the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Chris? I said he's just finishing up with Tom Christensen, and I was just getting run over by a trolley of Pirellis because I was being an idiot and not looking around. <laughs> and maybe the lawyer in me, but I bet people are going through their contracts with Mercedes saying, now, what does it say I have to give up to them in return for the customer engine yeah. program? <laughs> Do they have to be able to look at my drawings Your and data and six yeah, six Mercedes my... engines in the top twelve? Yeah, that's pretty stout. Crowdstrike Crowd shook up the uh, the read. I did it. I, I, I'm not going to say it out loud. Never mind. I did. I did it while I go error free on the first row. Oh, you've done it now. I know. Oh, I, now yeah, you've done it. <laughs> oh, Bob. <laughs> he had rookie. to go there, didn't he? What? A, yeah. 
fucked up. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Good luck, John. Funky. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. While Chris Medlin lurks uh, waiting for Gunther, I'll do our live read from our sponsor, CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. As the official cybersecurity partner of the Mercedes-AMG Patronus Formula One team, CrowdStrike protects against cyber threats so the team can focus on what matters, their next win. The revolutionary cloud-native unified CrowdStrike Falcon platform harnesses the speed and power of the cloud to protect and defend organizations of all sizes against increasingly complex threats, stopping breaches before they happen. Because on and off the track, the stakes couldn't be higher. A split second can make the difference between victory and defeat. When every second counts, protection shouldn't slow you down. It should fuel your momentum. CrowdStrike, protection at every turn. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Nailed it! <laughs> well done. Gosh. <laughs> One little burble in there somewhere. Having been put under the oh. pressure there of a qualifying yeah. lap, you came up. Good. <laughs> That's right. That was a quality pressure. Uh, so, well, I'll tell you what, it's a good job you did your job better than I did mine because uh, Gunther <laughs> wanted to go into debrief and he's got a very serious look on his face. He just grabbed Nico Hulkenberg to go in there. So as he walked by me, he just shook his head, pointed and went, I need to go now. Uh, um, that wasn't my attempt at his accent, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I've got I'm to afraid, go and hug uh, the Hulk. Gonna get in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's going to uh, hug, hug the, the Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> Uh, and I'm similarly told, actually, uh, everyone who's been listening over the weekend, I was told we'd get to speak to Mike Crack, and we are going to get to speak to Mike Crack tonight. Good. But it looks like it'll be quite late, so I'm afraid this will be a plug for the midweek show on Wheel Good. to Wheel, oh, no, uh, where in. we'll get a, get a debrief with Aston Martin uh, on... I do think that interview or that conversation becomes mm, probably one of the most interesting things in Formula One right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. certainly does. Certainly does. It's, um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they view it because there was a point in the race where I thought we're going to have to try and remind people where Aston are coming from if they finish sixth and eighth, um, or if you know Stroll fades and because he's not fit. Uh, so I was ready to kind of try and remind people uh, of the gains they've made. So to get onto the podium, I mean, they must be absolute. Well, they are absolutely buzzing. I've seen some of the mechanics uh, having a little bit of a celebration as they start packing up. Uh, the, I think the only ones that are not so delighted right now are the media team because everybody wants to speak to someone from their team. Mm. Uh, but I've got maybe the biggest indicator, and I do. I will admit this is probably one I can't grab us, but Lawrence Stroll is now speaking to Sky Sports um, about wow. how the weekend's gone. And, you know, it's it's kind of rare that we see Lawrence talk, talk too much. He kind of likes to stay largely behind yeah, scenes during race weekends, but he's yeah. obviously very proud of what they've done. He's probably Man, the most intimidating words. guy in Formula One right now, Chris. It feels like to me, what do you, you, you're there on the ground. What do you think? Always up there. I mean, yeah, actually, got to be one of because uh, Bernie yeah. walked into the paddock earlier uh, and hardly anyone better than eyelid because it, Bernie wields no power over this place anymore. So, right. how did um, he get a is... credential for Crown Out Loud? <laughs> uh, well, he's very good friends with the it, Crown Prince. Here. He's small um, enough to go um, under the turnstiles. <laughs> right. Stop it. Um, but uh, he's still got plenty of fans, I will admit. I was actually chatting away with a friend of the show, Dan DeMonte, he's the CMO at the Skip Barber Racing School. And he said he went to me. <gasps> Is that Bernie? I was like, yeah. And he's like, what's he doing here? And I'm like, well, you know, he, he gets a pass to come to this race uh, all the time. He's like, do you think you'll mind if I say hello? And I'm like, you can try. Uh, and he did get to shake his hand and say he's a big fan of what he'd done, which I think was got to be nice for Bernie to hear because, 
let's be honest that this sport is booming right now and there's a lot that bernie didn't get right or certainly shouldn't have said yeah. uh, or wished he had he done. still built yeah. it up yeah mm -hmm. i mean there's, I, you know this sport went from just garage easters uh just running cars and no professionalism to this huge multi-billion dollar industry well all i can say is if i'm his age and i'm married to a brazilian lawyer of 35 years old i wouldn't be going away <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, if you run into the Skip Barber folks, um, tell them that I'm wearing my uh, my Skip Barber shirt that I got after right after my three day school. This was this shirt is like 25 years old. My It's my favorite motorsport shirt. And tell them that they, too, could have a live read like I did. for. <laughs> Absolutely. We could, um... <laughs> I was about to say, check out all the free advertising. That's like, oh, it's not free advertising. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> a very cool program that uh, having had a go uh but uh we i think what's going to be very exciting actually they're, they're probably very excited by what logan did earlier with seeing an american coming in competitively uh and i know he was interrupting one caller uh have i held off another caller long enough oh yeah well, let's uh, see let, let's see if corvette mike is still there he he is a Cor corvette mike hey mike have you gone through a couple of states while you've been waiting for us to to bring you on well well, let's say I am uh, in the great state of Maine, up close to Bar Harbor. <laughs> I have a friend from Bar Harbor, I'm Maine. I'm well up here. I, got, I want to say hey I, to the guys and everyone. I'm glad the season started again. I thought it was a great race with P1 expected, P2 suspected, but <laughs> P3 was out of the world. Hey, I'm really happy for Alonzo. I think it, it was well-deserved. He's you know, proved himself, but I have to say I'm glad Chris yielded to it because my real question was, what did Gunther say at the pre-race? Uh, uh, what do you, I'm not sure. What do you mean? He said, like, well, we can start working about next year, right? Oh, Toto, you mean? Yeah. Oh, Toto. Oh, that was Toto oh, Wolf. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Toto. Yep. Ah, look at me blow it on the air. All right. Yeah. With Toto, hey, uh, Mike, you, you've done. You've done great, Mike, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to steal that line about expected, suspected, and out of the I like show. that line. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what does it pay? <laughs> Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail, buddy. <laughs> A nice round number. Hey, Corvette Love Mike, it. when when are we going to see Corvette Mike? When he, and we call Corvette Mike because he hauls Corvettes for a living on the back of an 18 wheeler. But uh, are we going to see any of the E-Rays? That is an impressive new American sports car, the uh, the hybrid Corvette, man. Are we going to see those on your truck soon? I really don't have any intel on that other than it's going to be heavy. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, they're, they're not that much heavier, though. They're only like 160, 180 pounds heavier. Than, uh... But when you add them up at 10 at the time. Oh, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> Didn't think about that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, again, love what you guys do. It's, it's going to be a great season. I really enjoyed this race, the first one of the season, more than any I can remember in, in recent years. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for listening, and I uh, appreciate you holding on, buddy. Hey, Chris. I just want to pick up on that for Mike as well, actually. What yeah. I really like about that is, as we said, didn't we, pre-race, sometimes you get a really dull one at the front, and, and we did get that. Uh, but it wasn't unexpected. But it's about what's going on further back and not being able yeah. to call it until late in the race yeah. and seeing. I mean, we saw Alonso fighting, like, scrapping properly with Hamilton and Sainz. It was great. Um, you know, 
that hasn't been able to happen for a long time. And these are, you know, Hamilton and Alonso go way back, don't they? So those sorts of battles, even someone like Albon getting the car up into 10th, Gasly coming through the field. Um, Bottas is one, actually, I, I want to make sure we don't overlook. Just a really solid run, yeah. wasn't it, into the points for Valtteri. Um, Alfa Romeo just kind of picking up where they left off last year in terms of going, all right, we'll just have a drama-free run with one of our cars and stick it in the points. So, um, yeah, those, those sorts of aspects are the bits that they're still good racing, Sadly, not for P1, but that doesn't mean it's not uh, incredible to watch these machines go in uh, at it over, what, 57 laps? Yeah, 57. Yep. Yeah. You're, you know what? You said it earlier. You said it wasn't the most exciting race. And I, and I went, I had to scratch my head for a minute. I was like, yeah, at the front. But there was so much was going, going on. on. There yeah. was so much going on for, for a good bit of the race. I was not disappointed at all. At to all, for, to, to be honest, I was surprised at, at both the reliability. I, I keep going on about the fact that we haven't had, you know, as much testing and, you know, they're throwing it about a bit, you know, in terms of getting everything ready. But it was actually, it looked like a race from halfway through the season. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Uh, We're almost out of time. We, and we have a very hard out. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody. Dave O'Neill, appreciate you tuning in or uh, joining us. And Bob Varsha, yeah, you yeah. too, of course, over Zoom. Um, and Chris, you and I will be uh, Wednesday on the Wheel to Wheel show on Sirius uh, uh, XM ESPN 81 on Wednesday. And, of course, we have our new post-qualifying show, um, two weeks. But remember, Speed City does a show every Sunday night during the off-season, especially. we I mean, during the off-weekends because we have no Formula One race, so we'll have that next weekend. But, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in, however you tuned in. We appreciate it very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. Cheers.